it's real. It's real. You know the deal. You know the deal. Come on. Hey, it's Shantae. And I'm Natalie. And welcome to What's the Deal? We focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and leadership. Uh, we are part of the Norfus firm, and the Norfus firm solves people problems in the DEI space and HR strategy space. So we're here. You're we back. have a three-part series, y'all. We are so ready for it. I had to get on leisure wear. I have a set. <laughs> you do have a set. It's a very nice knit set. Yeah, Shout I had out. to put on a set because yes. I was like, I got to get comfortable, cozy. Because we got to get into it, take our time. I, I am not. I'm in a your business. I mean, this is what I'm saying. You got to get business you about it, it, comfy about you know, it. I had to switch it up because last time I was a little casual. I had some ripped jeans on. <laughs> Short sleeve shirt. How we roll. It just depends on the day, guys. Depends on the day and the mood. But Definitely. we're here. We're ready to talk about this thing. So, our three part series is going to focus on burnout, yeah. and um, I think it's quite the controversial topic these days, mainly because of that inclusion of quiet quitting. Right. And right. folks have been really bothered. Up in arms about that term. It's like, guys, this is nothing new. This is just another way to package it up and sell it and, you know, just talk about something that folks in workplaces have been dealing with since folks have been in workplaces. Like, <laughs> it's nothing new. It's nothing new. So uh, it wouldn't be us if we didn't have some shared language. Right. Course, so, yes. so let's, so let's start, start off it. with some shared language. And how, how do you define burnout? So burnout in the workplace, like in this in the context of work, has three specific components. Right. So the first part um, is all about the energy. It's energetic. How how are you feeling energetically? Are you depleted? You're exhausted, worn out? Um, just what do you, what are you bringing to work from that perspective? And then the, the second part of that is then just the relational side of it. Like, how do you relate to the work? How do you relate to people? How do you relate to, um, just the workplace in general? Uh, and so that is, it's, it's depersonalized. So you actually don't have a connection to it. You're cynical about it. You can't stand these people. Is that thing? Like you really, <laughs> I don't want to go in here. I want to deal with these people. I hate them. I hate everyone. This work is trash. That part of it. Right. And then the third part of it is then the, um, it is the performance aspect of it. And so you actually can't produce. So your work product is abysmal. You can't get anything done. And so once, if all three of those things are true, then you are in a serious like burnout situation. You know, a shortcut that you, you said the other day, which I really liked about that is this idea that the effort you're putting in is not aligned with the reward of what you're doing. Right. Exactly. So, so, you know, when you're excited about something, we all, we all do this, right? Like when we have a project or a hobby or something that we're really, really excited about, we can feel it. Our energy, we're amped. Our energy is up. We go for it. We wake up early. We go to bed late. We burn the candle at both ends, as they say. And, and there's a, there's a level of uh, engagement that you have with it when you, when you start, but because you get a reward from it, you get an energetic reward, you're hype, you, you get fulfilled by it. You actually see a really amazing thing come out of it. You see growth, you, you know, there's, there's a connection to whatever you're working on. But when, when that stops, that, that benefit or that reward stops after you've been putting in some time doing some work, that's when all the other things start to creep in. Well, why, what's really, what, all the existential stuff. Mm -hmm. Why am I here? What mm -hmm. am I doing? All that stuff starts to creep in when that reward, that high, so to speak, that you would get from applying a certain amount of effort into something start to diminish. So recapping burnout is three parts. Yep. It's energetic Energy. connection, 
to the work or the workplace or, or whatever you do. And then it's the um, product. How are you performing? Right. All right. So you touched on it a little bit, but let's let's think about some of the things that we see in employees and workplaces that indicate that they're burned out. And the reason why we want to do this, the reason why we want to start to look at or at least give some tips on how can you tell that people are becoming burned out or are burnt out is because a lot of times leaders just keep going. Right. right. They keep pushing and right. there's goals that were set and we got to just keep going. Right. But people are out of gas. Right. And so, so if you're not noticing that people are out of gas, you, you, if you always talk about this, it's, it always comes up. There's a scene in the movie, uh, old school with Will Ferrell yeah. <laughs> and he goes back to the college and he's like, ah, oh, we're going to streak and everybody's streaking. And he's like running down the road <laughs> and you look back and no one's with you. When folks are burnt out, you're going to be Will, for, Will Ferrell <laughs> streaking by yourself. Exactly. Right? No one's with you. All right. So let's get into how do we notice or how can we right. tell that that bur- what burnout looks like? So I, I'd actually throw that question back to you because um, in your work that you've done in corporate and also when you were in big law, you, what did you see? I know you experienced it for yourself, but also what did you see? Dang, you're just going to call me out. I mean, hey, we've all experienced okay. it. Okay. You're not the only one. You're not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> I actually cannot sing. So won't this is that not again. that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, the things that start to happen, at least from what I've experienced myself and what certainly we've seen across the board is the days feel way longer than they are. Mm. Right. So you're looking at your clock counting, right? Like yeah. when am I going to be done with this day? Right. Um, things that used to excite you feel really mundane. Mm. Right. And then definitely the questions that, and in fact, I actually have done this exercise a number of times myself. We did this recently, actually, of like, what are the things you love to do? Then you start daydreaming about all the other things you'd rather be doing. Right. So I think those are some of the the big things. Um, There's also this idea of dread, Mm. right? Like you're like, oh, gosh, got to get up. Can't get up. I got to get in the car or I got to go turn on this computer Oh God, I got a meeting with that, that person. I can't stand that person. Right. Like you start to have, like, there's just like a dread to, to, to the day. Right. And then I think the, the, some of the more obvious things are fatigue. Right. You know, the, you know, kind of just want to stay in the bed or, you know, do stuff that feels relaxing, but you're never quite relaxed. Right. Because there's always that thing in the back of your mind that got to get back to this work. Right. So and I, what I've also experienced myself and Epstein and others is there's something's always wrong. Everything's wrong. There's nothing right about anything that's happening right. here. Nothing's right about the people I work with, the work that I'm doing, the just the way things are set up, just how things are done. There's a problem and there's a complaint for everything. Well, and I still do internal investigations, as you mm-hmm. know. And, you know, we're where I'm looking into people raising complaints about their workplace and what's going on and the complaints. <clears throat> often are not about the work, right? And so that's another sort of indication that there's something happening where people are tired. Yeah. And this idea that, you know, you'll end up in situations where people think their bosses are out to get them and that they're intentionally sabotaging their work. And that one time that dude thought that his boss um, plugged his phone to his computer. (laughs) Situations where you think that like, right. That was your stuff, man. Exactly. So, Where you, it's, I think it's, it's what gets at what we talk about when we get folks to read the four agreements. Mm-hmm. Don't take things personally. 
Right. But then you get into the situation where everything is a slight. Everything's personal. Oh, they looked at me a certain way. The boss walked in and didn't say, said hi to everybody but me. Those kinds of, that kind of, the ruminating, right? right? And so what I think, again, when we're thinking about why does any of this matter, is that I think a lot of leaders just kind of look past that. And they'll be like, oh, such and such has a bad attitude. Or such and such is just mad because they didn't get the promotion. And it's like the surface level thinking about these behaviors that are showing up as opposed to really like trying to explore that. So, so let me ask, because this is a podcast really centered around DEI um, and burnout is universal, right? Everyone deals with burnout at some point in their life. But if we're looking at it through that lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, what stands out to you in that? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) well the pandemic Mm -hmm. and we're and i think and i'm really sort of curious to see what's going to happen with industrial psychology and what they learn about this period but what we've at least can preliminarily see is that the pandemic has done a number on all of us yes uh i think for most of us we've experienced more loss and illness than we will in a life we had in a lifetime prior to the pandemic um Things changed about how we do work. Every industry had something very different happen, right? Like my son's in the entertainment industry. Now forever, we're hearing that, you know, auditions will be virtual instead of in person, which is a big difference. You know, we had a a huge upside because we got to do stuff around the world we wouldn't have been able to do, you know, but for Zoom. Zoom crashes every day. We have, you know, all all those, those different things. But the reality is, on the DEI front, the pandemic has hit historically excluded groups harder. True. And how do we know this? There's been a lot of studies, but one that I, I found to be most helpful was one that McKinsey did on the impact of the pandemic on mental health and, and how that sorted out. And across the board, but particularly in countries like the United States, uh, historically ex- excluded groups, people of color, people in the LGBTQ community, women have had a harder time. Now, there's lots of whys, right? And that's a whole different conversation. But it it does add this element of not only are people suffering generally, but your historically excluded groups, the ones that most companies we work with are trying to get more of in their workplace, have have different situations or tougher situations than some of your other uh, employees that are in, you know, majority groups. And so I think that adds you know, all the more need for some of what we talk about in, in exploration right. of, of that issue. So again, we're always going to come back to exploration, explore, 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 right? Because otherwise, you know, you're kind of, again, streaking by yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now we add in, so we had the burnout, we had the DEI component, and then they've remixed this all into this whole quiet quitting phenomena. That's happening now. The way you did your hand made me think like we need a we need like a turntable, right? We so got a turntable. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, quiet quitting. quitting. I mean, it's it's it, like to me, what's been so annoying about it? Yeah. Is folks just worry about the term? Right. Well, is it really quiet? They ain't really quitting. Like you're like guys. Like, and and that happens. And I think what's been interesting about that, especially because you end up seeing like really prominent leaders coming out and like cutting apart that the word, the words Mm, used and like, you guys don't know what you're talking about, but the reality of quiet quitting gets at what we talked about in the beginning. 
when your effort and the reward Don't are not aligned, mm-hmm. right? right? If I have to do, you, you look at a CEO of a big company and sure, we know, we know because a lot of stuff is public. They make lots of money, some upwards of millions and millions of dollars a year. And then you're watching, they're on a plane 300 days out of the year, or they never really have a vacation because they always have to be on and they always have to be ready for a call. Folks are saying, I don't want that. I don't want it. So if I have to give up everything, my hobbies, my family, the things that I love to get to that, that's not what I want. Right. So I, I think what's been interesting is how frustrated you can see some of these senior leaders are like, oh, well, you're not going to be successful if you don't put in all this time. And how are you going to get promoted? And how are you going to get a raise? And I think they're completely missing the point that some people are like, I don't care. Right. I don't want I that. I don't want that. Now, are you seeing, are we seeing that? Are you seeing that across, across the spectrum or is it in certain groups? Because I feel like what I've, what I've read recently and, and I've just experienced is that, again, in, in all this work, there's, a, there's an element of privilege. Like the, who has the privilege of being able to quiet quit? Oof. some do some don't and, and and again if we're talking about it through the lens of dei that's a very real intersection that we should probably explore um at least give a little bit of time to some air time to what is that can i even quite quit because you know you hear all the stories listen uh, you know black people and people every you know people in the margins people under historically underrepresented have to do this much more have to go this much further have to do all these things on top of you know, whatever the baseline was for, for the advancement or promotion, et cetera. So it's like, are we even in a position to quiet quit simply because we've been told that just doing the bare minimum isn't even good enough. Like the minimum of the job isn't enough for us. We have to go beyond. So then is our quiet quitting just doing what the job requires as opposed to less? Like how does that math work? (laughs) The math ain't mathing. It's not. So it's interesting because I, I talk about a lot that growing up, my father used to always say, you have to do twice as much to get half the recognition. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what my daddy told me. And so then that breeds a lot of overworking. Yeah. Uh, because then you realize sometimes I'm just walk, working twice as hard. Like right. there is no recognition. And I think that right. when we tie that back to this idea of quiet quitting is that people on the margins are doing the thing that they're told they're supposed to do, but it doesn't yield the result, right? Mm -hmm. So you told me to come and work really hard. I get a great performance review each year. And I've been in that situation. Great. Your clients love you. You're great. Cool. Why? Where's the promotion? Silence. Right. You don't get the answer. Right. And so then it's like you're kind of running in place. Right. And I do think that from what we've seen and what we've heard, again, like, across all these different listening sessions in over 20 countries around the world, we've listened to employees. It comes back to that, especially for people in historically excluded groups. Like what is the path Mm -hmm. and people, and again, leaders will know people have been asking what's the path forever. And and some clients and some uh, companies are a little bit better at it, but largely you're boiling down to people not even knowing how to get to where you're saying they can get to just telling people work hard is not work anymore. And so, you know, I think when we tie it back to just where we've, what we've been talking about in this first episode is the first piece of this acknowledge is that acknowledgement of the fact that people are feeling burnt. Right. So I'm going to preview, gosh, we could talk about this forever, ever, 
but I'm going to preview where we're going from here. Mm -hmm. Right. So the purpose again of this episode is what's burnout. How do we recognize it? Distinguishing and, and getting past the fight about the words of quiet quitting, but understanding the underlying themes mm-hmm. and what that helps us do in this next part is where does the leader fall in this? Right. So we have to look at the, the leader's role for themselves because there's a personal aspect of understanding where you fall out on this. And then the next part and our third uh, part of this series will be focusing on how much are organizations required to do. Right. Because I know that there's always this frustration that we hear of like, well, I'm not their therapist. I'm not their mom. Right. But there's somewhere in and you don't. And then there's we have people who go the other extreme and there's somewhere in between. Right. Where so, they're too paternalistic and it's like, we're, you know, you're trying to infantilize people. Yeah. We don't want that either. Yeah. So. All right. So stay tuned. We'll be back. I'm still going to have my set on because that's how important this series is. And we'll see what's